Hi, this is Amber with Gin and Sometimes Whiskey. And this is Hannah. And we're here to talk about the old standby classic that is also delicious. Gin and tonic. <laughs> Ross she just lost it. She couldn't hold right? it together because she loves gin and tonic so much. I do love gin and tonic, but I was staring at my barrel-aged gin bottle with love, yeah, with but- hard eyes, and I was almost said barrel-aged gin instead of gin and tonic. So what is that barrel-aged gin there, Ross? So it is from New Holland Brewery. They also distill spirits, and so this is called the Knickerbocker um, barrel-aged gin. I think they have a base gin that this is aged in some of their whiskey barrels, and it's a nice mm-hmm. little Monday treat. How nice. About yeah. I've got a barrel-rested gin, actually, that I put in a hot toddy from Cardinal Gin. They're part of Southern Arts and Spirits, based out of Kings Mountain, North Carolina. I have done no other research like you did on anything about it. It's delicious. I put it in a toddy with some lemon and honey, and it's helping with me with my cold, which you can probably hear on here. So back to the gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. This will be one of our little short five-minute episodes. We'll do recipes or variations on a recipe or just a little bit of something about an iconic cocktail that we like. Back to gin and tonic. As you might have noted in our first episode, we love a G&T. Um, in our upcoming history episodes, we'll get into the details of how people are like, this is the best way to get your daily quinine. So for this short episode, we'll talk about a few ways to switch up a gin and tonic. And we're focused on this because we're still in winter here in the Midwest. We have a snowstorm coming tonight. Ross, you guys, do you have that? No, we don't. It's, okay. it's been well, like Chicago- here and rainy. Even though that's only a couple hours south of Chicago, it's warmer. Okay. Well, and this is also the most Midwestern thing we could possibly do on a podcast is talk about the weather. But <laughs> <laughs> as it is indeed still winter and citrus season, which is one of the few fruit types that we can get here consistently, um, great for GNT. And also warding off the scurvy, which is another um, wonderful historic disease that we could talk about. Um, but yeah, so we'll go through four different variations of a gin and tonic, um, and I'll kind of run through them with, uh, Ross interjecting as needed with her experience and incredible depth of knowledge of the G&T. All right. So number one, the typical gin and tonic recipe is two ounces gin to roughly three to four ounces of tonic water. You'll see that ratio anywhere between one to one to one to three. And then garnish that with a lime wedge. So the way to serve would say get a highball glass, pour in gin, add tonic, stir, garnish with lime wedge, or do whatever you want with it. I would say, Ross, what? Hannah, because I like to use a half of lime or something in this scenario. Is that? Yeah, garnish garnish garnish. doesn't mean like juice a lime. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, what you do. But it doesn't mean it's not delicious and it's not a great way to do it. But it's also, I think, points to the idea that the gin and tonic was something that's supposed to be like a pretty drink, um, even though it was kind of utilitarian when it was kind of first introduced. Um, but yeah, I say like garnish would be anywhere from like one to two lime wedges. When you get to like three to four, it's like serve with lime. That's Maybe? good to know. I know. And Ross, what are your thoughts on the ratio? I'm, I'm thinking closer one to three than one to one. That's probably actually gin to water. correct. I am, I'll be honest with you and anyone who might be listening to this. I am not the best mixologist at home. I've <laughs> learned to count. So I count one, two, three, four for my 
tonic. Then I got one, two, three, four for my gin. And then I do another splash of tonic and maybe the squeeze of lime or some other citrus. That's how I do it. Distinct and also the Ross recipe. So if you guys want to cut her in on some for, the IP for that. It's not for the week. No, no. no. for people who really like gin. So yeah, so speaking of the gin that you use, your G&T will be determined by your gin and tonic use. So a few that we like um, for G&T are Bombay, Sapphire, Plymouth, Citadel. Um, they're all more citrus forward than a few other gins. Hendrix is also just a good basic gin to have at home as a bartender. I would say solid, solid in a martini, solid in a G&T, not bad in other cocktails. No, no. I think I mentioned this in our first episode. If I'm at a bar and I'm not, sh- and I want a gin drink, and I'm just not quite sure what to order, I typically do a Hendrix and tonic because I know it makes a great G and T. Yeah, been endorsed. Um, and then so onto the tonic. So Fever Tree, as I think I mentioned in the first episode, makes a nice variety of tonics that you can try in different cocktails. So they have a Mediterranean. They have their original. They have a few different ones that have like slight flavorings to them. Um, but they're also just kind of nice because they come in smaller quantities. Mm-hmm. So instead of getting your half liter of tonic that goes flat, you can get smaller bottles. Um, it's nice. Also, it's really cute. I just like, <laughs> I like small things. Um, no, I, I so like I it that it comes, those are the serving size choices. I also, yeah. what I like about Fever Tree and some other tonics on the market as well is that they don't have corn syrup in it or others like others mm-hmm. more of sweetener in it. I think I believe they're cane cane sugar. And you can really taste that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that if you're getting if you're drinking gin, you're probably somebody who doesn't like really really, really sweet things. So I think you have if you have a tonic that complements that, it's nice. So yeah, so that's variation one, basically just the recipe and and the Ross is what we'll call that. All right, variation two. Or I guess variation one, because first one's the recipe. Mix up your citrus. So some people like to just run the lime wedge on the rim, squeeze it, throw it in the drink. As Ross kind of alluded to, she does about half a lime, mm-hmm. um, which depending, I guess, on how juicy your lime is. I don't know that could change things. You can also use a lemon if you wanted to. Some people prefer that. Um, and check out other varieties. So grapefruit, tomato. You can do a combination of these things. Brian, in our first episode, mentioned adding more citrus into his gin and tonic than what is typically required, meaning one wedge. So yeah, do what you want. I will um, say if I have a grapefruit, I prefer grapefruit in my G&T versus a lime. And lemon is fine, but I typically go with grapefruit or lime. I also muddle some blueberries frozen or fresh in the bottom as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like blueberries and citrus. That's solid. Do grapefruit with the pith, do you get any bitterness or are you not? Not so much. Mm-mm. Well done. Um, a couple other ways to like incorporate your citrus could be if you want to, when you cut it, the way you cut it also will change how much juice comes out. Um, so if you're doing wedges and just want to squeeze that, it's fine. Some people do like pretty little slices and kind of layer those throughout if they're not really interested in getting juice. Um, another one you can do is to roast your citrus. So slice into wedges, roast it at a relatively low temperature. I'll caramelize the sugars in the fruit and kind of add a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of char to your cocktail, which I think some people like. Yeah. Have you had pickled fruit in your G&T? Oh, Interesting. No, the only pickled fruit I have in my fridge right now is preserved lemon, which is very salty and <laughs> not appropriate for this. Uh, I think what about pickled, you? What have you done? 
I have not had them in a GNT, although I think it might be interesting. I've had pickled cherries in a cocktail before, pickled blueberries in a cocktail before, uh, cocktails with other types of spirits. Nice. It was very good. Yeah, I love pickly things, so I should probably try that more. I think the only time I've had pickled items with gin would be either yeah, kind of like a shrub or mm. with um, pickled onions with a dirty martini or a Dean Martini. Yeah. So yeah, so that's a little bit about citrus. Um, variation number three is starting to edge us into more controversial territory for the gin and tonic uh, strident types. So you could, for another variation, play with simple syrups or some liqueurs. I'm not saying like crazy simple syrups or anything really heavily flavored, um, but if you did stuff with some herbs like lemon verbena, mint, um, even basil might be nice, um, or some, with some fruit that you have on hand, you could even incorporate with that like marmalades or jams. The marmalade letters featuring the guardian are so cute. If you want some inspiration of how to be like 85 years old and Giant multiple pounds of marmalade. That's something you as Ross, actually. Yeah, I mean that's that's goals as we age. I feel like I will say yeah. I've had a GNT version of the marmalade situation where they actually served it at a restaurant with house made jam. I believe I believe it was blackberry jam, and so you could drizzle it into your GNT. You could just put the spoon into your drink and stir it in that way or remove it. I think I drizzled it in and it was really nice and lovely. That sounds great. Um, and I think that that's something that also like could be super brunchy friendly, right? Make your own GNT or make your own vodka soda with that on the side, you know, and kind of add these like lighter flavorings that aren't gonna fill you up, um, obviously, because you're not gonna use them in that high quantity. Um, within this variation, you can also, um, add in some liqueurs so something fairly light or citrus forward like a Cointreau would be nice um, St. Germain with that elderflower might also be lovely and it would just be kind of a way to change it up and highlight some different notes in the gym and the final one is like it's blasphemous but but ne maybe necessary variation number four is you could switch out the tonic for soda I know this makes it a gin and so, or like a flavored, a flavored sparkling water, maybe. Yes, which I hate Lacroix when they're not our sponsor. But if they wanted to be, I just name drop them. So if you want to give me fifty cents or something, people love that stuff, and it's in their fridge and available everywhere. And but tonic can be, depending on the type of tonic you get, it can be very bitter. Some people just really can't get over that. But if you wanted to have gin and a bit of fizz on ice, I would say a gin and a nice soda would be good. Or if you're trying to like cut your sugars, cut down on your sugar or cut down your quinine, <laughs> you could. We all need quinine. Let's face it. We don't know what diseases are hanging out. We do. Not from the tundra, the permafrost. Yeah. We should drink our yeah. quinine. So if you want to do quinine, well, you know, it doesn't have to be prepared. So yeah. So some the more, the gin and tonic police, much like the bourbon police would have a lot to say about this. They'd say yeah. you'd lose out on the bitterness contrast with the juniper. You'd miss out on yeah. the traditional flavor pairing. But also when we look at the history of GNT, it was like an act of desperation. This is not a gift from the gods. This is something that we've adopted and gotten used to over time. No, I would rather see people drink 
a gin and soda or a gin and LaCroix than a gin and like a diet tonic that has aspirine. What is it? Aspirine? Is that how you say it? Aspartame? Yes. Thank you. Or some uh, something else yeah. because that leaves a nasty aftertaste and it flavors the drink, I think, in a really gross way. That's true. Yeah. Diatonics don't really have a good substitute that doesn't interact with the final taste you get from the drink, which is not fun. And if you're trying to watch your sugar, I would say just cut it out in general rather than going the diet route. So, yeah. So if, if in this, what is now our winter season, you're looking for something that makes you feel like summertime again and use up some of that citrusy bot, or if you're being adorable, like those older people that wrote to the guardian about their marmalade and you have some extra oranges left over even you know make a gin and tea yeah. i mean gin is sometimes whiskey we're here for that and we're supportive oh i will and, say yeah. i forgot this hannah going back to citrus and your gin i have used mandarins as a little citrus Ooh. flavor profile and a gin tea that i've poured at home sounds great also you can roast those in a fireplace if you peel them and trap them in the foil which is a fun way to play with fire too all right well thanks hannah that was fun yeah, good. Thanks for chatting with me, Ross. This is great. I hope you guys like these options. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.